podcast. It's Friday, June 28th, and welcome to episode three of the Jetro podcast. It's officially summer, so this is our first full official episode of summer 2019. My favorite season. Absolutely. It's the best there is. If you disagree about summer being the best season, there's something wrong with you, Brennan. Yep. I was about to say, look to your left, Connor. <laughs> what? What's up? Beef Ward's a winter guy, but summer is The easily... biggest winter guy. I hate this. You so. hate, why do you hate the summer? Bugs, heat, allergies, sucks. There's I'm, no bugs in the winter. It, you can always get warmer. Yeah, because you're engulfed in three feet of snow. That's why. I like the first snowfall, but like three feet of snow every other day, you get sick of it after a while. I don't. Well, you got to do what Kev does to keep the heat off. You got a fresh new haircut over there, too. He's Ooh, looking la good. La. I cut Might my hair, too. This thing up. doesn't do shit. Yeah, you got a haircut, too. Oh, so yeah, everyone's getting shorter. fresh new haircuts. Yeah. It's haircut week for us here on the podcast. But the other thing about summer, whether it's your season, whether you'd rather it be cooler, uh, whether you're glad it's finally hot, there's only one game in town now, and it's the Philadelphia Phillies. We're officially into baseball season. Everything's starting to matter. And lately for the Phillies, that's a terrible thing. I don't know what the hell's been going on uh, with the Phillies lately. They've been kind of all over the place, and the fact that we record only once a week gives us a lot to look back on. So we're going to start from the top. And the Phillies just got out of what was a terrible stretch. Abysmal. Absolutely one of the worst stretches of baseball that we're going to see all year. Hopefully the worst if we want any shot to make the playoffs. But they just came out of a seven-game losing streak. To recap, starting last week, we dropped two of three to the Braves in a series that was basically deciding who was going to come out in first place in the NL East. Then proceeded to lose three to the Nationals. That was rain-shortened, so it wasn't technically a sweep, but lost three of three to them. Then we get swept by the Miami Marlins. That's the, unacceptable. The Marlins are a triple-A team at best. They do not even deserve to sniff the MLB. They don't have a professional player almost on their entire roster. They're absolutely terrible top to bottom. Their pitching staff is terrible. Their bullpen is terrible. Their management, their front office is terrible. And they swept a team that has put together a roster that's supposed to compete for a championship. They shouldn't be able to compete in a single game with the Phillies, and they swept us for three. I mean, we absolutely couldn't even compete with the Marlins, and we didn't come close to winning any of those games. It's like we absolutely threw in the towel against one of the worst teams that's been put on a baseball field, not just this year, but over the past decade. It's and Historically, crazy. the Marlins are one of the worst franchises in the MLB. You can't, you can't lose to a halfway decent AAA team. To call them a, a full-blown AAA, I think that's giving them a compliment. They're halfway decent AAA at best. And we're still getting swept out, which is just unacceptable. And you can just look at the numbers through the stretch of this seven-game losing streak for the Phillies. Everything's falling apart. The team lost on walk-offs. They got walked off against against the Braves. I mean, they lost in absolute blowouts. The last game of that Atlanta series, they got Sean Rodriguez on the mound pitching in a game that, I mean, you've got Jared Eikhoff giving up back-to-back home runs out of the bullpen. Vince Velasquez is giving up back-to-back home runs anytime he sees the mound. We're giving up more home runs than any team in baseball. Uh, we've lost 16 of their last 22 leading up to the series with the Mets that they're in right now when we're recording. Been outscored 43-15 to 15 over the seven-game streak. 15 runs over seven games with this offense. I mean, I know we've been on the road, so they haven't had the upside of playing at Citizens Bank Park, which is a little bit more hitter-friendly, but 43 runs given up is just terrible. We're now only one game above 500. Which, if you're keeping score at home, 
isn't as good as the team last year that was nowhere nope. close to supposed to even make the playoffs. And we've lost 10 games in the standings in just the last 26 days. I mean, that's a 2008 Mets level of collapse. That's how you fall entirely out of a pennant race. And that's how you miss the playoffs in a year where you're really supposed to compete, not just to win your division or go to the playoffs, but look to compete for an actual World Series championship. You can't have that. And Arietta is supposed to be the second best starter on the team. And he's performing like he's middle of the road starter in their AAA right now. He's the so, supposed to be the second best. What about the other guys behind him? What what kind of talent are they going to provide us the rest of the year? Yeah, and looking at the losing streak, I mean, Arietta is a huge part of it. Nola as well, just regressing so much from last year, and no one saw that coming. Got to expect us to be better on the mound, better out of the bullpen. And at the plate, I mean, I don't know what hitting coach John Maley has been doing with these guys, but the Phils have batted 203 and slugged 320 during the seven-game losing streak. That's terrible. The team as a whole is batting three points above the Mendoza line. You can't win baseball games like that. It just can't happen. I don't know if all it's all this launch angle bullshit or whatever they're preaching these guys, but something has to change. Uh, Pitching-wise, too, they rank 10th in bullpen and starting ERA, uh, so equally as bad there. But the fielding independent of pitching, so what that stat is, if you're not familiar with it, basically how the ERA would be calculated if all fielding was equal across baseball. Looking at the starters, they sit 14th, but the bullpen is dead last in the major leagues in fielding independent of pitching. A 5.06 ERA for the pen, independent of uh, the fielding. It's just terrible. That shows that we're fielding above our potential right now, and we still can't put together games. You've got Gene Segura not hustling. You've got Cesar Hernandez not hustling. You've got the locker room seeming to fall apart. Andrew McCutcheon, who was a locker room leader, is no longer with the team because he's got a blown-out ACL. And since he's left, the leadoff spot has just been garbage. We don't score in the first inning anymore. I mean, anything that can go wrong will go wrong with the Phillies at this point. And, and has gone wrong. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it, you can blame management. You can blame the front office, Gabe Kapler, analytics, statistics, John Maley, the hitters, the players themselves, the pitching, the bullpen. Blame the fans for booing too early. Blame the fans for not booing enough. You could blame anyone at that point. But uh, blaming the fans, really? I mean, like, there's no one showing up to a team that's supposed to be competing. And it's a chicken or the egg situation whether or not uh, you've got to have a good product on the field to get the fans out or whether having the fans out increases the ability of the team to play. I mean, they play better on sold-out games and busier games. But all that aside, it all leads up to what their total projections are for the year right now. And Sportsline projection model has them finishing the year at 80-82, and 82, two games below 500, a 5.1 chance of winning the division, and a 15.4% chance of making the playoffs. And you got to assume if they're given 15.4% chance, that would be as a second wild card team putting this team in a one game playoff. I mean that you can't have any faith in any pitcher on this roster to go out and compete and have the bullpen hold us there and have this team's offense show up when it's been so shoddy. I mean, losing seven straight games in a paramount stretch against the division just can't happen. And if that was all it was, the season would seem all but lost. But 
baseball is a funny game and it just takes one or two little things to entirely change around the whole view of where a baseball team currently stands. And the Mets coming to town could just be one of those things. They may be the only franchise in baseball that's having a rougher stretch right now than the Phillies. The Phillies always play well against the Mets, especially in this current era when the Mets have been garbage and Mickey Calloway manages the Mets and have no idea. And the Will Ponds absolutely demolish that team from the front office every year. But it's not just the Mets. And baseball is a superstitious game. And a clubhouse is a big part of the game, especially when you have a 162-game season. And sometimes it takes basically a nobody, a journeyman, Brad Miller, to come in and get signed by a team and join the club and be there for a week and go wander in Center City, Philadelphia and come into the locker room with a goddamn bamboo plant. I don't know what, a, what the hell a bamboo <laughs> plant has to do with baseball, but Brad Miller said it's worked for him before. It's his lucky bamboo plant. And that plant shows up in the clubhouse, and all of a sudden, the Phillies cannot lose a baseball game. They're 2-0 and since the bamboo plant comes in. And then you've got everything with the curveball machine. They break out the curveball machine. Gabe Kapler's idea to have a machine that throws curveballs, which, I mean, it's beyond me why a MLB team is not using a curveball machine all the time. But you bring in a curveball machine, you have some quirky gimmick in batting practice, and whether Bryce Harper's going to use it or not, the curveball machine comes out. And the bamboo plant comes in the locker room. And all of a sudden, we're hanging 13 on the Mets. We're winning our first game in over a week. Then we go out and we beat them 7-5 to five the next night. We're 2-0 and since the bamboo plant comes in. Twitter's going wild. The Phillies are changing around their profile picture on Twitter. We got Lucky Change as the background photo. We got a uh, four-leaf clover as the avatar with the Phillies symbol right in the middle. And Jesus, we are all in on superstition, but... It's working right now, and this is a brand new ball club. It's almost like the seven-game losing streak didn't even happen. we got to get a bamboo plant to get in here for the studio. Let's, let's do it. I'm going to get one at home. It's going to sit on the mantle above the TV. Let's get one for the pod. If we ride this, this is dog masks of 2017 level of superstition and quirkiness and a gimmick that's just going to put this team where it needs to be. And Coming from Brad Miller, I mean – the dude's got one home run on the year, and he goes out and he drops an absolute bomb off a curveball yesterday against the Mets. Just waving goodbye to the Mets dugout. Gabe Kapler's Looking been right tossed back at the bench. in two games over the past week. He hadn't been tossed all year. Gabe's getting fired up. I think that was his first time getting tossed ever. I don't know about that. That might be a good fact check. But uh, yeah, it could. I'm not sure if it's his first game ever. I know he's up to two this year that he's been tossed on. So it's been two over the past three series, which is totally unlike him. This team is showing signs of life, and while a bamboo plant doesn't fix batting 203 and it doesn't change who's in your bullpen, this team's going to get healthier. This team's going to hit, and when the weather gets warm at Citizens Bank Park, it's going to be double-digit runs once or twice a week, which for a team that doesn't pitch well but still has potential to hit the lights out of the ball, it may show signs of life for the Philadelphia Phillies. So let's keep our fingers crossed because they're the only team in town right now. And it's going to be a long summer if they're not good. So here's the summer of the bamboo plant and the curveball machine. The era has begun. And Brad Miller trying to figure out what to do with this locker room with Andrew McCutcheon no longer there to help it out. We get a bamboo plant. What are we going to name it? I don't know. We we do have to have to name it something. It's gotta have, yeah, it's got to have a name. What gotta, kind of name? Are we thinking standard got, name or are we thinking got to name like, it Brad for Brad Miller. Brad ooh. the bamboo plant. 
Yes. The, right. the I love it. I think that's settled. Yeah. Brad the bamboo plant. So we'll have to have him in here, get him on camera next week to make sure that uh, we keep this mojo going. Because in baseball, I mean, I was the kind of guy when I played, I had the same thing for breakfast every day. I always have the same. I'd have a sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddle from McDonald's. It's the only thing I ever ate before a game. It doesn't but, sound like a good way to start it off. <laughs> it, work, it works. It works, baby. I didn't give up a run until my uh, last game of my senior year in college. Zero ERA all the way to that point, and I attribute a lot of that to the McGriddles every day. I wore a different pair of shoes every game day my senior year. McDonald's sponsor us. Yeah, I need McDonald's to shoot us a sponsor. But baseball is a very superstitious game, and all it takes – the thing is literally, if you haven't seen it, this big. A bamboo plant, and that's all it takes to change the course of an entire baseball team season. What's the best place to get a bamboo plant? Where? Like, what company to buy it from? Yeah. Okay. Like, should we get it from eBay, Amazon, go to Lowe's, Home Depot? Lowe's? I'm thinking Lowe's. Does Lowe's even have bamboo plants? Oh, They have Venus flytraps. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Which, (laughs) they're really... (laughs) Okay. They're really... There it is. I tried going on my own Venus flytrap, and it it did not work well at all. Did you feed it enough flies? Well, it was a pro- the problem was it wouldn't even grow. Uh, that was so it died as soon yeah. as you got it. Okay, so we're not getting one from there because the bamboo plant's just gonna die. Uh, also, <laughs> Kev or Brent, one of you guys have got to fight over who takes care of the bamboo plant because I am certainly not responsible enough to keep well, it alive. Why is that our job? <laughs> well, because I'm gonna kill it. I'm not like capable enough to take care of like a thing that needs to be. I don't think watered. bamboo is that hard to take care of. Does it hold water? Let's ask a panda. You know, let's... I think it does. Uh-huh. I know if you plant bamboo in the wild it spreads like a wildfire like and you can't stop it okay so is it an invasive species yes interesting so got to keep it away from other plants i guess but yeah bamboo pretty easy to take (laughs) care of uh all right maybe i can handle it Uh, we'll do it as a show we'll take care of it Uh, we'll split weeks uh, every game show we have on the show the champion takes care of the bamboo plant oh okay basically uh remove dead or yellow leaves Okay. Uh, water sparingly, and right. keep your plant out of direct sunlight. That's pretty much how out it. of direct sunlight. Yeah, out of direct okay. sunlight. That makes sense. So bamboo out of direct sunlight, no yellow. Maybe leaves. that's what killed the Venus flytrap because I always had it in yeah. direct sunlight. No okay. yellow leaves, and just fried it, <laughs> and then just water every so often. Okay. So you don't have to water like every day. So if you're out there and you want to be like us and you want to jump on the Phillies bamboo bandwagon, uh, go ahead and uh, make sure you cut those yellow leaves off. Water sparingly. Keep it out of sunlight. Uh, maybe over the TV in the living room. Keep those windows shut. Spend your time outside. We keep the bamboo plant safe because we're going to need it if we're going to have a good summer here in Philadelphia. So 2019, officially the summer of bamboo plants. Yeah, man. Oh, I remember what happened to the flytrap. A groundhog ate it. Wow. <laughs> That's a- the second it started sprouting, it ate it. Well, that explains why I think. Where grow. was the where was the flytrap? Yeah, the why, fly- you just kept it in the yard? First, I kept it. I kept it in my house. And it wasn't doing so well in the house. So I thought, okay, I'll just move it to the garden in the front yard. And then a groundhog destroyed the entire garden. We're going to have to fact It just went that. on a rampage one day. <laughs> it was pissed off about something. And then I just saw the flash, like where I put the flash. I'm like, what the fuck? And then I saw the groundhog just staring back and I'm like, you little shit. It just, it just got mad one day and decided to ruin people's gardens. But pretty much. Bad groundhog day. We got a bunch that yeah. live. We got a bunch that live under the deck, to my yeah. parents' house. It 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 gets pretty crazy every yeah. year. The, the same thing, day in and day out. Like a whole family. A whole family of groundhogs. Yeah. Is it like a tradition between the groundhogs just to ruin your garden? Apparently, it's just once a year. We call this one Blondie. 
Because uh, because he's the you like, name your groundhogs. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> the one because he's the most distinct. We call him Blondie because he has the like the lightest hair of fur. Why don't you? So he's always he's always the biggest little shit. Why don't you get rid of them? Because we try to get rid of them. Every time we get rid of them, they come back. Well, you, I like, can think of a them? way to not get not have them come back. There's got to be a way to not get them to come back. You ever see um, kill them? A new yeah. <laughs> ever see There's Sebastian? always more. Pennsylvania has a bunch of groundhogs. Sebastian Maniscalco does one. It's an antifreeze on bologna, and he's like, oh. <laughs> oh, that'll get him. When he was a kid, his dad had like a tomato garden and stuff, and there was like a raccoon or something. He was getting into it, and he was like, well, we could call like Orkin, and there's like, nope, put antifreeze on bologna. We're gonna kill these motherfuckers. <laughs> is that yep. is that legal? Dude, it's a groundhog. Yeah, but we're in Pen- we're in Pennsylvania. That's the thing. We have a we have a freaking holiday dedicated to a groundhog. No, that's a national uh, holiday. Just because the groundhog's from Pennsylvania doesn't mean you can't kill groundhogs. I dated, well, just, I dated a girl from Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. Really? Yeah. And they said it's nothing special up there. No, you could kill it's, groundhogs. Yeah. Groundhogs are fucking rats. That yeah. makes me wonder how Canadians feel about Canadian geese. Because here you can't touch them. Here what? you so much as touch them, you get arrested. But what about Canada? I don't. I don't know. That's a good question. You just. Hmm. That's interesting. So, outside of the superstition of the bamboo plant and the curveball machine, they actually have been. There actually have been some Phillies that are playing just ridiculously out of their mind. Um, one even through the cold stretch. Scott Kingery might be the best baseball player on the planet right now. This dude goes yard just about every other game. He's the answer in the leadoff spot. And he's been absolutely unreal. Scotty Jetpacks should have been. We we were a pro Scotty Jetpacks podcast from episode one. Uh, so we've been on this guy from the beginning. He deserves to be an all-star. He didn't get enough of the vote late. Uh, maybe he'll be one of the last major selections or anything like that. But he's been a revelation for the Phillies in the leadoff spot. That dude might be the future right there, which is incredible because half of Philadelphia wanted him to never play baseball here again after last year. So a great turnaround for Scotty. Michael Franco's going through another one of those hot stretches. I mean, he's feast or famine. He was eight homers in basically a month and change to start the season off, and now he's back again. Uh, two homers in the past three games, I believe, if I've got that right. So he's heating up again, batting low in the lineup, seven, eight hole. Uh, and then we've also got the bullpen with people coming back. Adam Morgan looked great last night against the Mets to shut down. Hector Neris has been really, really good all year. The problem is he's out of the closer spot so we got to at least get the game to him when it's in a point for a save situation and over the seven game losing streak we've just been getting our teeth kicked in but he's been great uh the bullpen is going to come back to form as people get healthier so outside of the bamboo plant and the curveball machine and brad miller's superstitions and the whole team's mojo getting back this team actually is poised to begin to go on a hot streak here and get back to where their level should be uh, for the remainder of the major league season so we got the All-Star game coming up, technically the halfway point, but we're about halfway right now. So hopefully the Phils will kick it into gear for us and give us some good baseball to watch and talk about for the uh, rest of the summer. Then we'll cover a little bit of uh, other news on just the local Philly sports scene. Uh, what do we got going on with the Flyers, Matt? There is a lot going on with the Flyers right now. So a couple of big trades happen. We talked about the Kevin Hayes signing, how that's, how that's huge for them. That's probably the biggest Flyers news going on over the past month or so in terms of trade so we traded away Radko Gudis to get Matt Niskanen from the Washington Capitals what I love about this trade is that not only do you get a little bit of scoring from Matt Niskanen 
you also get rid of some of the defensive liability as well because Radko Gudis, in in my opinion, I'm getting a lot of hate for this, was more so a liability to this team than he was a help to this team. One reason because of this is because you never knew what you were going to get out of Radko Gudis. He was too much of a loose cannon. The most notable thing Radko Gudis ever did was a flyer was earn himself a 10-game suspension when he tried to decapitate Matthew Perot of the Winnipeg Jets. And the Flyers went on a 10-game losing streak after that. It was nuts. So you were, you never really knew what you were going to get out of Radko Gudis. Plus, he, he yes, he was a hitting machine, but what about in terms of scoring? He couldn't score at all. Then he had no playoff experience. So the people who were too attached to Radko Gudis, like, what did you get out of him? And people saying that the Niskanen trade is a terrible trade. Not only because Niskanen's cap hit is higher, but because we retain $1 million of Gudis' salary. I'll tell you what. Retaining $1 million of Gudis' salary sucks, but if it gets Gudis away from the team, the better in my opinion. Plus, Matt Niskanen has playoff experience. Oh, look at that. Six out of the past seven seasons. Helped this team not only make it to the playoffs, but make it to the second round of the playoffs. Oh, look at that. At least six points for the past six out of seven seasons whenever he made the playoffs. 2018 playoffs helped the Caps not only make it past the second round, but win the Stanley Cup and earned himself nine points in the process. How many points does Gudis have in the playoffs? Big, fat, zero. And that's assuming the Flyers were good enough to make the playoffs to begin with when they had Gudis. Niskanen is a playoff veteran, and I want playoff veterans on this team. I don't want some guy who's not going to produce anything come playoff time. Right, the way I see it, regular season doesn't mean shit when the playoffs arrive. Because you can be as good as you want in the regular season. Tampa Bay Lightning, case in point. They tied for the best record in the regular season in NHL history. And they got swept by the only team at that time who never earned themselves a playoff series victory. And they got swept. That just goes to show. It doesn't matter how you start. What matters is how you finish. So if you're attached to Racco Gudis and if you still hate this Niskanen trade, look at the history between the two and then tell me otherwise. Same thing with Justin Braun. Doesn't provide you much in terms of scoring, but he's still able to pass the puck around very well. He's still defensively responsible, at least in terms of the other people he was skating around with. Brent Burns and Eric Carlson were not that defensively responsible. And Martin Jones, as a goaltender, wasn't exactly Patrick Waugh. So all things considering regarding Braun's numbers in the playoffs, I like Justin Braun's numbers, especially if he can help Carter Hart out. Where Braun fails, Carter Hart will succeed. So I like that signing a lot. What I wasn't necessarily a fan of was the Pitlick trade when we got rid of Ryan Hartman. That I'm not a huge fan of because we got so much from Ryan Hartman as a flyer. In terms of when we traded Wayne Simmons to get Hartman and that pick from the Nashville Predators, we won that trade because Hartman as a flyer was outperforming Wayne Simmons as a Nashville Predator. And then you trade him away. The dude had the big, one of the biggest hits in NHL history. Absolutely smoked the number one draft pick from that year, Rasmus Dahlin. And you trade him away. What the, What were we getting rid of Simmons for then? If you're just going to trade Ryan Hartman away then to get Pitlick from the Dallas Stars? I don't think that makes a lot of sense, at least outside of cap hit. In terms of cap hit, that's actually an okay trade because Hartman was going to be more expensive if we were going to sign him. He was going to be an RFA. And Pitlick is only a million-dollar cap hit. So it makes sense in terms of cap. Uh, the on. most. His name is Pitlick. The dude's last name is Pitlick. Pitlicker. 
<laughs> are, we, are we fact checking that? Pit <laughs> liquor. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to fact check that. I don't think anyone likes pit licks. Pit liquor. <laughs> pit liquor. I think Flyers fans would agree with you on that. We traded for a guy named Pit Liquor? Yep. <laughs> that we did. Trade him right back. You want to know pit what liquor. the most awkward thing about this trade is? Pit liquor? The fact that his name is Pit Liquor. It gets even more awkward. What's more awkward than Pit Liquor? Ryan Hartman doesn't know he got traded yet. How's he the deal's been oh. the deal's been done for two days. He does not know. How does he is not it, know? Is that because he went offline? Yeah, he he went on vacation and says he's off the grid. Hmm. So Good he's been him. traded and doesn't. It's been four, at least forty eight hours since the trade. He has no idea. Damn, that's gonna be that, a tough thing to come back to. You know what's crazy? His mom knows. And she tweeted out, he still doesn't know yet. He could be having the best vacation of his life. And when he comes back and he finds out he's traded. Bro, you got traded. <laughs> like, what a weird time to go on vacation. Like, did he know that this was coming up? Like, he might get traded? Or? No, I don't think anyone knew he was getting traded. Oh, okay. Yeah, this was certainly news to me. I was hoping to see him on our, uh, on our third or fourth line next year. It, it's good for in terms of cap. Because we are running out of cap space with all these signings. With the Justin Braun signing. Obviously, with the Kevin Hayes signing, I mean, $7.14 million. I mean, that took a good chunk out of our cap. Niskanen's cap was pretty high, especially compared to Gudis, whose cap we're still retaining $1 million of, plus Provorov's an RFA. He's going to be expensive because he has the potential to be Eric Carlson as good. Konechny is an RFA, so his price tag is going to go up. We just signed Travis Sanheim to a really good deal. So in terms of cap, it didn't hurt that much, but still, nevertheless, we still had to sign Travis Sanheim. We're looking for a backup goalie now. We got Carter Hart, but who's going to be our backup? So it's just a lot going on in uh, Flyers world right now. Uh, only the big Flyers news is the uh, the draft. We drafted a defenseman from the U.S. program called Cam York. He's a really great puck-moving defenseman, uh, offensively talented. I'm a little bit worried about his defense. I think our main priority right now should be looking for more defensive-style defensemen as opposed to offensive-style. Uh, yes, you have to adjust to the new NHL Yes, a lot of teams have high-scoring defensemen, but look at the St. Louis Blues. They just won a Stanley Cup, and they played a more defensive-oriented style of game. So the old ways aren't completely out yet, so we'll see how this York tip turns out. And then we've got some Sixers news. The NBA draft just happened uh, this past Thursday. The Sixers had picked number 24 in the first round. They actually traded up with the Boston Celtics to draft Matisse Teibel, who's a guard out of Washington. So if you're a Sixers fan, you've got to be ecstatic with this pick. The Sixers have a great track record of trading up in the first round with Boston to draft guards from Washington. I can't think of a single time in franchise history where that's ever gone terribly and totally derailed the entire course of the franchise and what we've been building on for about a half decade. Never goes wrong. When Danny Ainge calls, you always want to pick up the phone. Because you're always going to get one over. Danny Ainge has no idea what he's doing with trades on draft night. So it's a great move by the Sixers to trade up and get a Washington piece that's going to be a part of uh, contending for a championship. That's, that's really what we needed. And we traded away our other draft picks pretty much as well. Got rid of them in the first round because who needs more talent that could help the team now. Wanted future second-round picks, which is great. It's another thing that the, the Sixers are known for that never really hurt them. There's no way we're totally going to whiff on former uh, whiff on future second round picks and extending our assets and everything like that. It's the perfect time to do that when you're competing for a championship. So all in all, the uh, Sixers draft uh, went off without a hitch. Can't be mad at anything they did. 
And all jokes aside, Matisse Thybul, he's a baller. Hopefully he doesn't turn into Markel Fultz. I can't imagine that we run into that scenario mm-hmm. twice. Uh, he's a shooter, a pure shooter, an elite defender. One of the best defenders to come out of college basketball over the past decade. He's off the charts with the extended defensive metrics that they track in college. And that's what we need. We need a 3 and D wing guy that can create a little bit of defense. He could be what Landry Shamit was on the offensive end, plus great defensive perimeter work, which is going to be incredible. We need someone who can defend guards out there other than Jimmy Butler. So he should be a huge piece for the Sixers moving forward. Even though we have a bad taste in our mouth from the last time we traded up with Boston, this guy should be even more than what we could hope for from a pick in the uh, 20th spot here. So great move by the Sixers to trade up and go and get their guy. Don't really love them trading down with the rest of the picks, but you got to have the longest view in the room. If it's good enough for Hanky, I guess we can continue to trust it with Elton Brandon House. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see until the fall if uh, this really pays out for the Sixers the way that we want to, um, the way we want it to. On the Eagles front, nothing really new here. Still just hanging around waiting for uh, training camp to roll around. Looking at what the Phillies are doing, they're really going to have to play well to keep the city's attention away from the birds because the second the birds start playing, if the Phillies are in the middle of another losing streak, baseball season might as well be over in Philadelphia. But right now they still got a hold on the city. Uh, the Eagles aren't really doing too much, no changes around there. So we're just watching Phillies baseball for the rest of the summer. That's pretty much our wrap-up for where we stand on the Philadelphia sports scene. Now we're going to get into our weekend recap and see what the boys got into over the course of this last weekend. What we got, guys? Uh, real quick, did you guys hear about Calvin Cambridge getting drafted to the uh, Los Angeles Knights for a one-day contract? No. What mm-hmm. happened? He got drafted. He Who? played. Who is that, and who are who the Los it? Angeles Knights? All right. I, a lot of know. insight there. That's not a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know the movie you like, Mike? Oh, that's yeah. What, <laughs> oh, that's man. what I was talking about. I thought you guys would have got it. Ah, no. See, Like Mike came out in, what, 2006? I think 2003. Somewhere early. I was like uh, nine I th- years Actually, old. I think 2002. Dude, speaking of which, what's Lil Bow Wow doing nowadays? 2002. And the kid, the kid from Stuart 2002. Little. 2002. 2002. Isn't? Oh, wait, no. I was thinking of the Home Alone kid. That guy turned around. Macaulay, uh, Macaulay Culkin? Yeah, yeah he's yeah. cool now. Yeah. He was tweeting to Drake during the finals. But the Stuart Little kid, the kid with the glasses or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah he's in like Mike. Lil Bow Wow, I think he's just Bow Wow now. He's not Lil Bow Wow anymore. Whatever yeah, happened to him? Like, what's he doing now? He's still out. He's still doing stuff. I think he's making, like, music or chilling. I don't know. Uh, and then the Stuart Little kid. Who knows? No yeah. No clue. He's, he's around there somewhere. Fact check it. Yeah. yeah so like, like, like Mike, Make too. sure they're both still alive. Is the Stuart Little kid still alive? I know Bow Wow's still alive, but the Stuart Little kid could very well be dead. <laughs> we just don't know. The only That'd reason why I want a Like Mike 2 to happen is just so that oh, way it'll provide shit. us more of a reason. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Woj Bomb just dropped. Ooh, ooh. What? We're getting this live right on the podcast here. It's Wednesday, so this is going to be old news to you guys on Friday. Kevin Durant will decline his 21, what's that? Oh, $31.5 million player option and will become an unrestricted free agent. So what Ooh. that means, to break this down, KD blew out his Achilles. He's going to be gone for the entirety of this next season, more than likely. He had a player option to stay with the Warriors, make $31.5 million. He doesn't have to play, doesn't have to do anything, and he could become a free agent next season while he already gets his $31.5 million this year. 
It's not the most that he could make. He could make more on a max, but he's hurt right now. So KD is betting on the fact that some team is still going to offer him the max, even though he's going to miss the entirety of this next season. So everyone assumed this was going to be a summer off from the Kevin Durant circus. We we're going to get another year in between when we'd have to worry about where he'd go. But KD's trying the open market, and now it's going to be a free-for-all to see where he ends up. Is it going to be New York? Could he resign? I mean, where is he going to possibly so go? What's the possible cap he could get? So he could get a – I believe he could get a super max would be the most for him. Uh, or he could just get a regular max contract. So there's just a set max contract uh, based on the year for the NBA salary. So he's going to get uh, a, a max contract deal from a team who's got a slot open. Teams with maxes open, uh, Boston, um, the Knicks, Brooklyn, uh, Philly. Philly has yeah. a max open. So question that we're going to have to look at is if Jimmy Butler or Tobias Harris go somewhere else, do we use one of those max spots? to give Kevin Durant a year where he's going to be hurt. We're going to give up a max spot for a player who won't step on the court at all next year, but you have Kevin Durant locked down. So a lot of stuff just changed right there on the NBA landscape. One of the best players on the planet is now officially available for business. What do you think the Sixers window is to win the NBA finals? (sighs) That's a tough question. It depends. This team only goes as far as Joel Embiid is going to take them. You see it with... LeBron, you see it with Kawhi. Uh, the Warriors are kind of a unique circumstance because of how good they were in multiple spots on the floor at a time before super teams were really, really built. The only other one besides that uh, was Miami. Uh, but you're only as good as when what your best player's window is. And Joel Embiid has such a tough window to judge because of all the injuries. Big men don't normally last as long, and we've already seen from him that he's not always going to be on the floor, even on seasons that he's totally healthy. He needs to have that whole load management, which we got to talk to his girlfriend about taking care of his load management. They, they actually have to take care of his playing time and everything. Their window exists as long as Joel Embiid is a healthy player on the 76ers. So if I had to estimate, give him five years from now. So you're looking at – So if you can lock in Kevin Durant, like if you're giving him a five-year window, you know, Kevin Durant, yeah, he can't play for you for a year, but four years left within that window, so. Yeah, absolutely. The problem I think that would be a good risk. If that window gets shortened a little bit by injury, if you lose Joel Embiid, that window's gone. And that could mean we could be looking at two years where he's good and then he starts having issues. And then also after uh, two years, you've got to start paying Ben. And Joe's got an extension already, but you're going to have to start dishing out money to those two younger guys who are the cornerstones of your franchise. So giving up a year could be dangerous, especially in a year where there won't really be any super teams. This next year is paramount because the only major competitor is going to be LeBron and Anthony Davis out west. And we don't have to worry about them till the finals. The East is wide open. So giving up that year could give a chance to Boston to reload, Milwaukee to get even better, Toronto to re-sign Kawhi and get somebody else. So, But still, the Sixers have a lot going for them this coming season with Anthony Davis out west now, mm-hmm. with Kawhi potentially going to the Clippers now. So the Sixers have a really good chance to put themselves into the finals. Exactly, which is why it's tough to justify giving up a max slot that you can use for an all-star player 
uh, for a guy who won't step on the court at all this year. So it would be a calculated risk. you got to imagine they'll at least go after him and test the waters and see how that feels. And if Jimmy or Tobias is gone, it might be the right move. But a whole lot just changed on the NBA landscape with Kevin Durant declining that player option. So we'll keep an eye on that throughout the summer. I think if you don't get Kevin Durant, you provide yourself a window for this year. But I think if you get Kevin Durant, you close your window for this year, but you open it up for the next three years. So long-term, this could be really good for the Sixers if they end up picking him up. Mm-hmm. But he could also, coming off an Achilles injury, he could never be the same player potentially. That's a tough one to come back from, especially a guy his size, his height. And he's not a very big, well-built guy. So like you got to be careful about how he's going to play the rest of his career. He's at the back end of his prime, even though he is still in his prime and still one of the better players on the planet. He could very easily not be the same guy when he comes back. So, Could you imagine turning $31 million down for a gamble? I mean, here's the thing. It's a gamble on the part of the team, but he's going to get paid. How he much has he made so far? Up. I have no idea. He, he's made plenty, though. He, he's been on max contract before. But, yeah, the gamble's more on the team's part than it is on Kevin Durant's part. Just figured he'd take the safer money so that he'd actually be able to play because now he's at the mercy of some teams not wanting him. It's not whether or not he'll get paid. There are teams out there that would give Kevin Durant with no legs a max slot. I mean, the Knicks need any semblance. The Knicks would take half of a good basketball player right now. I think if Michael Jordan died, the Knicks would still probably sign him to add bench depth at this point. Like Jesus. they would sign his corpse because they just need players in the worst way. Yeah, he'll and get it. Losing the draft, losing the draft lottery still wasn't good. Yeah, so he'll he'll still get signed, but it's just it's going to be an interesting offseason, even more so now in the NBA. Uh, but going to our weekend now because um, we were going to jump back on that, and then we got the got the drop. Uh, what do we have that happened this weekend? Anyone get into anything interesting? My uh, my toll worker story. What happened with a toll worker? Okay, it it this is the most petty thing, but I'm very big on at least basic, basic customer service, basic people skills. So I live in PA, but I come to school here in Jersey. So, uh, heading back into PA, I have to pay a toll of five dollars. Not a big deal. And generally, the people working the tolls, nice, happy friendly people and even if they aren't the most smiley people they at least provide you the basics like hello how you doing thank you have a good day basic stuff like that so i leave work driving the road see the toll and the car in front of me goes through the toll and the lady the toll just rolls her eyes at me i'm like geez like like, what the hell did i do to you like i've never even seen you before and so i roll down the window give her the five dollars i go hi how you doing no hello know how you doing not a single word comes out of this bitch's mouth <laughs> like i said it's, it's petty it, it's, it's petty a, it's a but toll, i'm very big on basic customer service it's a toll booth worker there's what are you gonna do not go over the bridge they don't need to have customer At least service say hello say fucking hello god damn it yeah but they don't need to have customer service because there's no i mean what are you gonna it's do it's a basic people skills thing that's why they're working in the tolls now. They don't have basic that's people why this, skills. That's why this bitch is working in the yeah, toll. Yeah, that's why you work in a toll booth, because you do not have basic people skills. No, no, no. The other toll workers there are some of the happiest people I ever met. You encountered, you go across the bridge. I, I use EasyPass because I don't do human interaction. I don't like to talk to people <laughs> if I don't have to, so oh, I avoid Basic them. people skills. We're in a people skill <clears throat> industry. 
I don't know if people. a toll booth worker counts as a people skill industry, though. You still have to interact with you. At least say hello. Like even the people there I think who it aren't the most smiley people. I mean, those people have to see more people than any other job, right? You yeah, got probably. But you don't day. have to interact with them. You just have to take the money. Like, listen, their job is the equivalent of a bucket that <laughs> rolls change down into a machine. Like that's what they have on like other highways. So I don't know if that counts as like a, a like a people skills like type industry. If a bucket can do your job. I, I I don't know. I'll give that say, this though. Just a nice hello at least. Yeah, I yeah mean, that's kind of all you have I'm not time saying for. you shouldn't say hello. I'm just saying they're a toll booth worker. You gotta understand what you're what you're getting. Like if I walk into McDonald's, I'm not expecting them to treat me like a five star restaurant. Like they're a toll booth right, workers. But the, the basics, man. The basics. Like don't like what did I fucking do to make you roll your eyes at me? Nothing. This is the first time in my life seeing you. Don't roll your eyes. I understand if the guy in front of me did something stupid, and if he did some something stupid that made you roll your eyes, fine. But don't don't bring it out on me, okay? New interaction. Just an eye roll though, dude. It's not like <laughs> it doesn't have to ruin your day. She could have said hello, hello. She could have said hello. Okay, yeah. uh, hello. Have a nice day. How are you? Any one of those would have been completely fine. Like I said, even the people who aren't the most smiley people there, they get the basics right. Yeah. So I can't I can't knock him for that. Okay, she could have said hello. Yeah. All right. How old was she? Like, do you, if you had to guess, oh, she was yeah. like she was like maybe your age. My okay. Oh, that, dude. That, okay, that explains Kev, a lot. Now. Remind like, everyone you're 20, right? I'm 20. If I'm 20 and I'm working in a fucking toll booth, I'm gonna I'd be pissed at everyone. They make I would lose. They it. make like 15 an hour. Yeah, but Wait. still, you're in a little fucking box. Just standing and just there. standing there watching cars go by all day, looking at the same. Do they actually? Thing. Yeah, yeah. An hour? yeah. It's not bad. They Wait, have to pay them good money because they don't kill themselves if they didn't <laughs> like do true. that. Yeah, okay, it's, that is true. Just step out. In front but still, so, Kev, Kevin, by. you're a personable person, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah, but that's uh, why he's not, not working at a toll booth, that's, yeah, bro. That's why I'm not at a toll booth. Yeah, but I you were you were in a place that isn't necessarily the most smiley, happy place. Yeah. But you still have basic customer service skills. Yeah, that's but like you're not, not you're actually, not a, you're not, not a miserable douchebag yeah, there. It's not a toll booth. My store like a toll manager booth is something different. The store manager is a complete douchebag, and I but didn't you're tell not. him about this podcast just for this reason. So he tried firing me over the weekend. Oh shit! Well, you want to get fired, right? I do. I'm waiting. I'm praying for the day <laughs> I get fired. So he doesn't want to pay me workers' comp. I basically I tore a ligament in my finger, my oh, ring oh, finger. Jesus. And so I tore it by just your ring finger, just my ring finger. How that? What yeah. were you doing? So I was trying to get a box off. Had a coworker on the back. Yeah. That is what my supervisor says all the time <laughs> with one of my coworkers. How many girls do you work with? Three. Don't mix work the, and pleasure, Kev. Come all on. the hot ones left. Oh. Can't imagine why. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so sad. Very sad. <laughs> anyway, so and you, you, you almost got fired. Rumors. Anyway, so I don't want to go down that dark road again, okay? I missed one of them. That means you went? So, oh, you missed one of them. Okay. <laughs> sad. So I, was jump, I jumped up to get a box, and my ring finger caught the shelf. Mm. And went under, and it popped from the bottom oh. of my knuckle to my wrist. Like, I felt the bone shift. That's so, like I waited two weeks, thinking it was, oh, it's just a sprain. It's going to be fine. Yeah. Didn't get better. So, I went to work on Thursday night, and I slapped it into, into something. I don't know what it was, but it shifted again. And it just, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I, like, 
I told my supervisor, like, look, like, I don't know if I can use my hand right now. So I went home, went to bed, woke up the next morning, and my finger was numb. Yeah. That's, so, that's really not good. Yeah, not good at all. So I went, I had you an x-ray. four other fingers. Yeah. yeah all right. Well, so they want me to keep it in a splint, and I taped it to my yeah. middle finger. I took it out because it was just hurting too much, and it feels better when it's just out and free, um, which is weird. Yeah, it is weird. But uh, I, I have to go to an orthopedic for it. Are but, you still going to be able to hit the buttons on the switchboard and everything? Yeah. And control uh, the all levels? I need is an index finger. Okay, right? cool. He, he okay, needs workers' comp for this. Kev is work. You're not, you're not getting <laughs> it from us, buddy. Workers' comp. <laughs> now, did you guys hear about that soccer player? I forget his name, but he was wearing his wedding ring, and he, like, scored some insane oh. goal. He, like, ran up to, like, the stands, and it was on the fence, and then he, like, jumped off, and I guess his finger was in the fence. Ooh. He jumped off. Finger just popped right off. Oh, oh my god. It was just Jesus. stuck in the fence. That's Ow. terrible. Oh, my God. Soccer players, how long did he roll around on the ground for for that one? Because <laughs> he fall over, he like, getting bumped into. You're going to be added on, like, 40 minutes of stoppage time with Jeez. his I don't finger know. popped off. I think he had, like, some adrenaline because I don't even think he noticed, like, right away. You, how do you not notice your Yo, finger yeah, popping yeah, off? That's like that one uh, football player who, like, dislocated his finger in the glove. No, no, no. Dislocating is different. It popping, is, yeah. your oh. finger getting ripped <laughs> off in a <laughs> fence. Your finger's gone. Are you like, kidding dude. me? He, he must have been on PCP because I don't know <laughs> what kind of adrenaline. Is that that happened during an NHL game once, like three years ago? Sidney Crosby slashed Mark Mathot's hand. Mark Mathot's finger was off. It oh was. It wasn't just like broken. It wasn't dislocated. It was off. It like, was hanging, literally disconnected by skin. Disconnected. Yeah, like there's just the tiniest bit of skin was connecting. Oh, Mark Mathot's finger back. I don't know how he was still Dude, able to play after that. How do you go about recovery from that? Oh, man. I'm totally out on that. Uh, and then they faced each other in the playoffs that year, so that got real awkward real fast. Okay. That, I could, <laughs> that's enough finger talk from <laughs> people's fingers getting ripped off and shit. Uh, so let's let's everyone keep our fingers attached this weekend. I'm trying. Yeah. So <laughs> I Ford has like, to do a neck crack yeah. in order to get himself re-centered, re- realigned. We'll get there. I, I dislocated these three fingers before, actually, and then my dad just put them back in and just cracked them Did all your dad just in. put you back together? Pretty much, yeah. I got a couple injuries from football, like my shoulder. Oh, I can do this. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> my God. That was the shoulder this time. I love it when he does it. Do you have a neck crack while we're here? And maybe. No. Nah. Oh, damn it. Ooh, a little bit a there. A little bit. All right, so we got the shoulder this week, but no neck crack. <laughs> well, I didn't have anything break or anything ripped off my body at all this weekend um what i did i hung out played a little bit of horseshoes and cornhole and stuff like that and had a bunch of barbecues but the weird thing is i feel like people who are into horseshoes aren't into cornhole people who are into cornhole aren't into horseshoes and you think so i mean those are the two main yard games i feel like everyone's either one or the other you definitely have your preferences i'm definitely a cornhole guy but me too i feel like there's a good number of horseshoes people out there too, and I just don't get it. Are either of you guys yeah. horseshoe guys? I like both. You like both? I was playing cornhole this weekend, but we, every once in a while, like at family events, we'll play horseshoes since mm. that's easier. Horseshoes is easier? It's what? easier to set up. It's the, easier the to stakes, set up. The stakes are already in the ground. To set uh, up? Well, okay. Well, all you do is set up the board for cornhole. Yeah, well, I'm just saying at family events, you know, no one wants to go into the shed, you know, and get it out. When the horseshoes are already, you know, in the ground. Well, not everybody just has a horseshoe set in their ground. Yeah, you got to actually right, well, have a pit. You can bring cornhole boards anywhere. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, like, good luck. Well, We're if, in the parking yeah, lot at Jetro. What are you going to do? Like, bring two sandboxes? No. That's yeah. pretty much what you have to do. <laughs> no, you're, you're just going to bring cornhole. Exactly. Okay. There we go. So, well, we got to give the advantage again, corn, of cornhole then. So, cornhole, cornhole gets a point. So, cornhole, you can play anywhere. Yeah. Mm. So, that you know, that's one point. Horseshoes, 
it's a little more stationary. That's true. But I feel like, I feel like, never mind. I don't know where I'm no, going. No, no, you, you feel like, like never mind. Get your get your opinions no, 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 out, no. Kev. I started thinking more about it, and I realized I like cornhole more. <laughs> I think what you're saying is, <laughs> yeah, talk if there's like out a horseshoe set up there, you'd rather play horseshoes, right? No, because I'm better at cornhole. Then I don't know what the f- I, what were you saying? <laughs> I guess devil's advocate. My brain, okay. my brain took over for a second. <laughs> I'll tell you, so dumb brain horseshoes. <laughs> doing all the thinking. I, I don't know. Take a look. You can see this on the video if we get this. I have real uh, dainty hands. The horseshoes are heavy. Dainty. You can clink them around and everything. Plus, I got a, heavy. I got a beverage in one hand. Kind of heavy. They're heavier than a corn old bed. I gotta take care. I gotta take care of my. Yeah, they hit it on the pen on the spike. It's all right. I can lift them, but I mean, I gotta take care of my hands. I gotta be careful about a beverage. I don't want to get hit in the ankles at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> horseshoes is barbaric. I like to play a little bit more refined game, cornhole. Okay. Just nice little bag filled with sand. So you're much safer that way. You're afraid of like calluses from horseshoes. Yeah, I don't need anything ripping Sounds up like my hands. Afraid of everything. I mean, afraid of everything. <laughs> no, I just don't need anything ripping up my hands or messing up my beer when I'm hanging out and having fun. I feel like horseshoes well, I mean, is too just, aggressive for me. You could bring a bucket of piss around with you, and you know. Oh my <laughs> god! Calls like up your hands that like way. Get from last week. <laughs> no, so yeah, if you want to play. If you want to play horseshoes, you pretty much have to piss on your hands. If you I want think, to play cornhole, you're good. I think your <laughs> friend who puts his hand in his piss bucket definitely plays horseshoes over cornhole. He's a horseshoes guy. I think yeah. he's a horseshoes guy. So Sounds we, like it. So if you like horseshoes more than you like cornhole, you piss on your hands. <laughs> that's yeah. That's, that's what we're, what we're determining. Okay. So okay, how do you play uh, cornhole? Do you throw you know more arc? Okay, so you want it to be flat side down, and you got to frisbee it. Frisbee. Okay. You don't want to go over yeah. because you want it to slide. So I, if it hits like, on the end board. or anything, no, even if it is, if it hits on the end, you get less predictable bounce. So you want it to be flat side down. You want to frisbee it and just try and go as straight as possible to the hole. Even if it's a fast board, it's got a better chance of you want it to be as predictable as possible when it hits the board. My brother throws literally end over end like this. It's like a, a sideways hamburger. He, he throws it like the sideways hamburger style instead of like frisbee in it. Wow. And shit just bounces all over the place. It pisses me off so much. Right. Like, I mean, cornhole does have more of a luck factor involved, but still. Yeah. I don't think like there's a, that much of a learning curve. Like imagine cornhole. if you're like holding a book by the spine of it. Like That's how he like, like throws like, it. Wrist flick. Yeah, yeah, frisbee like that is how you want to do it. I got real lost on the sideways hamburger. Which way is <laughs> hamburger Hot dog this way? Hamburger. Straight up. I just, okay. Take I a hamburger, think... how you'd hold a hamburger, flip it sideways. Well, you could have just said sideways well, frisbee what if, then. What if that's how you normally eat hamburgers? <laughs> you just eat them sideways. Yeah, I eat hamburgers vertical. No one eats vertical hamburgers. I do. I don't know. What, are you trying to give yourself a handicap <laughs> I take, with that? I take two of the top buns and put them together and eat them like this. <laughs> the American way. Yeah. Okay, well, none of you guys are invited to the barbecue if you're eating vertical hamburgers. The Jetro barbecue, we ever do yeah. a live podcast. You guys yeah. are the last ones coming. You said you were good at cornhole, though? I feel like I feel like I'm pretty good. I'll take I'll put any amount of money. We could do this. We can make a video of this. We can do this for content. I will put any amount of money on any of you guys for cornhole. Any amount of money. Mm-hmm. Any 5 cents. Of, yes. Now my my small brain, I don't know why, but I can't really get an arc. And it's the same way with beer pong. I just throw lasers. It's, yeah. it's, it's cornhole, dude. Yeah. You gotta it's, put a little more emphasis. Maybe because you just popped your thing. shoulder out of its damn socket. <laughs> that's why you can't get any arc on it. Yeah, my shoulder only goes. My arms only go up to here. Yeah, you don't that'll need, do it. You don't even need that much of an arc for it. <laughs> it's not your brain. It's your arms don't work anymore. <laughs> See, with 
with cornhole, there's a little bit less of a skill gap. You know, you don't have to practice hour after hour to be good at cornhole. Oh, but I do. I practice you, hour you, after hour. You do, and that's why you're going to kick these. Guys I go to asses. a barbecue. I don't even have time to go get a beer, and I love beer. But I'm <laughs> on the cornhole table. But cornhole, cornhole you, board. With the cornhole, you don't have to do that. Horseshoes, you have to do that. You have to train at that to get good at it. There is more of a skill gap with horseshoes. There's actually yeah. a uh, there's a dog park down in South Carolina where they have only cornhole there mm-hmm. and a bar. It's cornhole, a bar, and your dogs just go do whatever. That sounds awesome. I was going to say, what do the dogs do? They just go. They just. Go. I thought you were going to say they're they cornhole run. boards for dogs, but I wasn't sure how that would work out. No, I don't know. Actually, there might be. Gotcha. That'd so cornhole, cool. the official sport of dogs. <laughs> horseshoes, the official sport of pissing on your hands. Uh, that pretty much wraps up that one. Well, is, is horseshoes offensive to horses? No, they're their shoes. It's like saying people's shoes. It wouldn't yeah. offend us. Yeah. It's just a thing that they have. I, I play, Who? I play human, human shoes. <laughs> Hold on. Who came up with the game of horseshoes? I can kind of get cornhole because cornhole is sort of like a a basketball-type sport or whatever where you're trying to throw something, throw like a bag in a hole. But who saw like the bottom of a horse's shoe? I was like, we should take that and try and throw it at a pole. Horses aren't born with those things on their feet. I I get that. I get that. But they weren't designed for the game. Like cornhole bags were designed for the game. You made that game with that in mind. Horseshoes, they literally saw the thing that they were putting on horses' feet. And they're like, we should just throw that at a pole. <laughs> they probably well, just saw that yeah, as no, something you want, to do. Maybe so. Maybe that had to do with horse racing. So you know what I'm thinking now. I mean, you go like a barn. You you got horses there. You you must have a couple horseshoes lying around. Yeah, you must have a spot for them. I mean, what if it's just a little, around a little pole and they just start throwing the horseshoes and they're like, wait a minute, that'd be a pretty fun game. I think you just solved it. I, I mean. I'm gonna fact check that. Yeah, fact uh, check you look that. up Do how it. look up how horseshoes was invented. But yeah, that. I mean, that sounds right. Yeah. Okay. It's well, we wild we, we solved horseshoes. So there it is. If I've been thinking about is. it. I don't even know how to play horseshoes. Like, what's what's the point system? Like, I know it's cornhole, like one I on the board, three two. three around. If you ring it, so if it goes around the pole, you get three points. Okay. If it's within a horseshoe length of the pole, you get one point, <coughs> and it only one team can score. So it's not like um, canceled out scoring. So it'll be like the closest two wins, or if you Ooh. get one on, you get. Oh, that. I see. Yeah. I don't like this paragraph at what? all. Oh God! So as look up. as early as the second century before the Christian era. Iron plates or rings were for shoes were nailed on horses' feet in Western Asia and Eastern Europe. Yeah, they nail them on their feet. Nailed. You didn't know that? No, that sounds painful. Yeah, that's well, how they, they get them on. Well, yeah, they've got hooves, bro. They've got hooves. There's yeah, minimal well, like nerves in the uh, hooves, okay. so they nail them to the hoof. Um, so all we know is Kev doesn't know how horseshoes work. He just thought they were gorilla and, glued on. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? They got tape on the other side? <laughs> yeah, double-sided tape. Just yeah. a little bit no. of scotch tape. No, no, no. 3M, okay. 3M. 3M tape. Um, Can't wait for the fact check if he doesn't Greece. know horseshoes put on. Greece and Rome, athletic contests, games of different kinds, and early forms, some part of blah, 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 blah. There's a lot of reading. This is, uh, this is a good radio. Kev reads Wikipedia. <laughs> discuss, <laughs> the discuss was similar in form to the modern, uh, that's a weird word to pronounce, but not in size and weight. Originally a circular plate, so basically it was made for Olympian games and festivals. Oh, just so add, just add a horseshoes goes Wait, as far it? back as the Olympics. So it's an Olympic sport. Uh, yeah. Is it? Uh, in Greece and Rome, athletic athletic contest games of different kinds, early forms, some part of religious. 
I wonder Observances. if they were just like it was like extreme horseshoes where it's just like a football field length away and they're just the slinging these things. Yeah, like oh, disc throwing so, discus yeah, and trying yeah. to like land it on Greece there. games consisted of boxing, putting the weight, chariot races, archery, and discus throwing. Discus throwing is what horseshoes Ooh. is. What? No, discus throwing is something different. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they still I've have done dis- discus. They Again, literally still have discus on, today. Yeah. Hold on, guys. I fact checked. NASCAR. Remember? Oh, we're going back to this now. Kev might get banned. I know what I'm talking about. Kev might get banned for fact check. (laughs) You want to just finish up the rest of your fact check while we're on it? No. uh, Yeah, I guess. Yeah, what else do we have for uh, for fact check? Stuart Little Kid. Okay. Is he alive or dead? Uh, He is. uh, He hasn't grown up a bit. Um, He's the same age. (laughs) (laughs) That's almost more concerning. So he's still alive. Not a day older than Stuart Little too. (laughs) He's 28. He's only 28? He's only 28. Born October 22nd, 1990. Oh, no way. Two of my buddies' birthdays. October. Um, when was that movie? When did that come out? 1999. Stuart Little? 99? 99. The sequel was in 02. He was born in 90? Yeah. So 90. he was nine years old in that movie? Nine years old. Seems like a five-year-old. Yeah. yeah. As child actors do. Does he still do anything? Uh, he's a speaker for Breast Cancer Research Foundations. Um. He's been he's Good he's still Stuart active. Yeah, okay. He's still active in films. What's the last thing he's been in? Anything big? Uh Brennan probably hasn't seen it. The, no. Uh, nothing. Unless you've seen The Delivery in 2018. I have uh, not. No. I don't know what that movie is. Is it a lifetime movie? I have no idea. Okay, so I don't know what it is. Shout out Stuart Little Kid talking about breast cancer. What is his Raising name breast by cancer the way? awareness? Uh Jonathan Lipnicki. Oh my That's god. That's a great name for him. <laughs> Dude, Family Guy Family Guy did a thing about uh Did they really? Yeah, yeah. They were they had him uh, come over or something and Peter remembers him from like I guess the movies or something. Yeah. He's like, Oh yeah, it's just this cute little kid and then he opens the door, he's like, Jesus Christ He's like, Oh no He's like, Oh no, we gotta get you to the hospital <laughs> and it's like I was like, But Peter, we have this He's like, Do you see Jonathan Lipnicki? <laughs> We need to take this man to a hospital right now. He's, he's probably just, better than Pitlicker. So ugly and oh, <laughs> oh is okay. he ugly now? No. Well, uh, Maybe I can pull it up real quick. Ooh. Okay. I remember that Family Guy bit you're talking about. Yeah, I, I know. Uh, a that'd lot be of such guy a shame quotes. if the Stuart Little kid was ugly. Um, that's that's a question. Is uh, who's better, Pitlicker, or Pitlick or Lipnicky? Ooh, Twitter question. It's like a Scrabble word jumble of both names. Like they're the same name just jumbled up. Yeah. Maybe they're the same person. What, what's the criteria how, for how who's old? Better? How old is Pitlicker? Because if he's he's pretty young. Oh, he's not twenty eight. I was gonna say if they're the same age, they could be like each other's alter ego. Okay, he's got a Jewish star tattooed on him. Is he Jewish? Oh my God, that's him. That's him. That's not him. That's Photoshop. No way. No, I no swear way. to God, that's, that's him. Photoshop. Stuart Little Kid has there's, fucking washboard abs. There's a side by side. No, no shot. Side by side. Stuart Little Kid has washboard. That dude, are you kidding dude, me? How many GQ shoots has he done? Stuart Little Kid, I don't, I don't know if he's GQ level. That was that was the first picture. Jesus Christ! All right, well, Stuart Little Kid is ripped now. How about uh, and what's Bow Wow up to? Bow Wow. <laughs> um. All right, you want to see this? He's oh, there's a mugshot. Ooh, Pitlick is, he was born in 91. <laughs> you said Pitlicker's how old? Pitlicker's just as old. He's 27. 20. He was born in 91. Yo, Pitlicker and Lipnicky are definitely the same person. They're twins. 
If not. So we got oh Jonathan Lipnicki as a flyer. Stuart Little Kid now plays for the Philadelphia Flyers. <laughs> so Who there we go. Thought? That's a huge pickup for the Flyers, wow. that Stuart Little Kid. Do you also get Major Stuart Little? Um, no, he's probably dead. Dude, the life, I would kill the life, Stuart the Little of a mice. backup goalie, man. I would kill for that. The lifespan of mice can't be that high. Stuart Little is definitely dead. Stuart Little's smart, though. So uh, Bow Wow's 32. Um, he was, as of February 2nd, actually, let me repeat that. February 2nd, he was arrested and charged with Ooh, battery. Bow Wow. Um, beating people up. What else? Jesus. That, that's pretty much all there is. Okay, so Stuart Little Kid plays for the Flyers. Bow Wow's in jail. <laughs> all right. Well, shout out those child actors always uh, living up to their dreams. Um, Got anything else on the fact check, Kev? Uh, oh, <laughs> fact checking the uh, Groundhog and Venus flytrap. Okay. No, I'm kidding. Um, Andrew McCutcheon tossed. What was that about? What? You, you're talking about, oh, write that down, fact check, for a fact check. I never mind. That's remember. it. Never mind. That's it for fact checking. Oh, Gabe Ta- Gabe Kapler. How many times he's been tossed? Oh, he's been tossed. Yeah, just look up Gabe Kapler ejections as a manager, because he did play. First, oh, Gabe Kapler ejected for the first time in managerial career. Okay, so when so when I is that right. from? When is that from? Uh, that is from four days ago. I oh, was wow. right. Yep. So, Boom, not right. even the baseball guy. There you go. First time he's ever been ejected. I didn't know that. I thought he got tossed like one game last year or whatever. Good for Gabe for finally getting the stick out of his ass and the coconut oil off his body. Yeah. He got ejected for the most BS reason. He got ejected for approaching the umpire, really? Well, no. The reason he got tossed is because uh, the umpire was issuing a warning to both sides, and if you question the warning, you're almost immediately just gone. Bullshit warning. The <laughs> Bullshit Scott Kingry literally got his head thrown at. And you issue a warning to the Phillies for that? Like, yeah. we didn't do anything to deserve that. So, no, nah, it was it was good work by Gabe to go out there and argue it. He gets ejected, but it's whatever. I mean, it's already later in the game, so you don't really need him uh, at that point. So, good on Gabe for arguing on behalf of his uh, team. And that's the second time he's been ejected in the past week. So, good fact check, Kev. Uh, what were you – did you get one? Um, No. Okay. I don't think so. Uh, Kev's still over. So, well, Brent, I mean, unless you consider looking up Stu a little, and that's just looking. Else. Nah, that's just looking right. something. Am up. I still zero for three on producer point or three and zero for producer points? You, you You're are. Still ahead. So Brent oh, is still oh, leading oh, in the oh, standings. Oh. So, so Kev, we'll you got to get something on fact check or uh, bring us something to get me a natty next week. Actually, next week it'll be you, Brent, uh, for our Fourth of July episode. Um, one other thing, I don't know if I've told you guys about this, but I kind of want to start doing just a fun way to get get some interaction. I don't really do anything with like my facial hair, but I some interaction. Yeah, with who? Interaction with our listeners. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you want me? What, to... are you, what are you thinking about? I don't know. <laughs> Just human interaction in general. You, you want me to interact with people? I started doing this thing with my beard. Yeah. I'm, like I'm, a, not, I'm not great looking. I'm not great looking, but I get a little bit of human interaction every <laughs> once in a while. But um, no, so get some interaction on Twitter with our listeners. Uh, I want to go ahead and let them decide, uh, especially since we're going to start putting video out, what they want my facial hair to be for any given show. Uh, so we can start putting up a poll mm-hmm. with a couple of options for how I have to shave my facial hair wow. uh, and get that going. So for uh, the time that we'll be doing this show every Wednesday, uh, you guys, the listeners, will decide uh, my facial hair. I have a good idea. So we can go ahead and put in everyone gets an idea. The four of us gets an idea for an option. 
and then we go ahead and put the the four option poll up on twitter so you guys can go to uh at jetropod and vote for that uh, to see what kind of facial hair and it's not just going to be like beard or mustache or goatee we're gonna we're gonna get a little bit weird with it so uh we'll go ahead and get yeah that. i've got a good one okay well, i don't know if i like the sound of that <laughs> we'll see what that goes out so that poll will probably be out um either tomorrow uh so before this even comes out or friday uh so you go ahead and have the opportunity to vote on that uh, and see what we have uh, and then next week, uh, so we didn't have a guest this week. We uh, will not have a guest next week either with the holiday coming up. Uh, a lot of people starting to do stuff for uh, the 4th and summer and everything, getting in and out of the state and traveling, going down the shore. Next week what we will have, we're going to have a, a very patriotic-themed episode for the 4th of July. It'll come out, uh, we'll record it on the 3rd. It'll come out on the 5th, so it'll be the day after the 4th of July. Something good for the 4th of July weekend. I'm talking about... Either some American topics, some summer topics, what we do for the 4th, what you should do for the 4th, best ideas for places to go, things to see, fireworks and things like that. So everything American, patriotic, and 4th of July-wise is what we'll be covering next week. Other than that, I think we're all set for today. Anyone else have anything? Wait, yeah, I've got my game. Oh, right. We have a, a oh game that in, so... So B-Ford and uh, Kev actually are turning the tables on Nat and I this week. They got a game for us to play. I guess they're tired of us making them spell and fact check all of our work. So uh, here goes nothing. Brent uh, can take over and tell us uh, what game we've got. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a game. It's more of a quiz, but it's called Drug or Pokemon. <laughs> what? Drug or Pokemon. Right. So the reason this is actually all his idea. Yeah. I have no yeah. idea. What so this the is. reason we're we're talking about this, there is a new pop up bar. Um, it's actually out in Pittsburgh right now, but it may be coming to Philadelphia soon. It's a Pokemon pop up bar. Uh, so for kids our age, kids guys our age who grew up with Pokemon, it'd be a really cool thing to go check out if it comes to Philly. Uh, have a couple uh, Pokey beers or whatever the hell they're calling it. Pokey beers. Uh, yeah. So uh, Brent decided they want to do a uh, Pokemon challenge in honor of that. So what do we got? All right, Kev, you you keep tally, All and right. we'll we'll start with Connor. Okay, so I'm just gonna give you the name of a Pokemon, and you're gonna tell me if it's a drug or a Pokemon. Okay. Centret. That's a Pokemon. Okay, one for Connor. Nat. Vibrava. That's a Pokemon. That is a Pokemon. Connor. Voltarian. That's a drug. That is a drug. Let's go. Oh, I know my drugs. Hey, can we cut that? <laughs> <laughs> no, no we're leaving that in. We are leaving that in. <laughs> really hope mom's not listening to this episode. Matt, Glyscor. Glyscor? Oh, man. I'm going to say drug. That is a Pokemon. Ooh, what generation? Let's go. What generation? Hold this L, uh, son. Second. No way, no way. Hold this L, son. Second generation, really? I'll show it to you. Glyscore? I think I know. Glyscore, yep. I think I know what that one looks like. Um. Oh, wait. No, that's fourth generation. My bad. Oh, yeah. I was about to say, if it was second, fact check that, Kev. <laughs> Who cares? Still, still wrong. Connor. Yeah. My low tick. I know this, but I don't know if I know it for a drug commercial or... Uh, that's a drug. It's a Pokemon. Fuck! <laughs> that's horse shit. It's a, it's a Pokemon. Nat. Luxic. That's a Pokemon. That is a drug. <laughs> Man. Still got you. Connor. Yep. Decadron. Oh, that's a Pokemon. That is a drug. What? 
<laughs> Connor. Or Nat. Marowak. Pokemon. That is a Pokemon. That's too easy. That Come is on. Easy Come, that's horseshit. He gets Marowak. Are you going to give me Pikachu next? <laughs> Connor. Well, Connor, is Pikachu a Pokemon or a Ticklid. drug? Ticklid. Ticklid. Pokemon. Drug. Fuck. <laughs> no. <laughs> bullshit. Ticklid. Pitlick. Limp Nicky. <laughs> oh, my God. Nat. Altaria. I think that's a Pokemon. That is a Pokemon. Yes. It's ridiculous. Connor. Banzil. That's a Pokemon. That is a drug. Yes! <laughs> You're just fucking drugs. kidding me? I'm too out. Nah. Yeah, he's just only giving me drugs. <laughs> Zigris. Ooh, ooh. Zigris? Zigris. Can you use it in a sentence? No. Nope. Can't no. Use it in a All right, sentence. I'll pretty say... obvious. <laughs> How are you going to get context clues from that? I'll say drug. It is a drug. What, like, what sentence would I use? Either I took Zigris or I caught a Zigris. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I took Zigris to the bar, maybe. Connor, Clastion. That's a Pokemon. That's a drug. What? <laughs> yes. Are you fucking kidding? This is the <laughs> biggest bullshit ever. Nah. Oh, it was bullshit up. It was fine up until you started losing. Crester. 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 Pokemon. Drug. Oof. That's All a character right. from Game of Thrones. All right, Connor. This is an easy one. Rayquaza. Not oh, Pokemon. Okay. Yeah. That's a legendary. <laughs> can't give me these legendary Pokemon up in this bitch. <laughs> Nat. Carnotaur. Carnotaur? Carnotaur. It, it sounds like a Pokemon, but I'm going to say drug. It is a drug. Connor. Viagra. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ray Liotta. This is going to be the last one. I'm going to say it, and then... Whoever gets it. Whoever says it first, I guess. Do we have I'd... to buzz in? Yeah, we have to buzz in. I just want to raise your wait, hand. I... Hands low. <laughs> what? All right. Aceon. Pokemon. Ha, it's a drug. Get it out of here. Oh. <laughs> Take it to the bank. All right. What do we got? All right. All right. So, Connor... You have four points. There's no way I only have four points. You only had four. Were you subtracting? <laughs> <laughs> you only had four. Nat. <clears throat> jump drum roll, please. He's got five, all right? <laughs> yeah, he's got, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just wanted to ruin all the fun. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a sore fucking loser. That's horse shit. He got all Pokemon. Hockey or Sally. He did get all Pokemon. I, you I, gave I, him no, Marowak. I, I had drugs and Pokemon. You said you knew We had a level drugs. playing field. <laughs> <laughs> you said you knew you drugs. These, these, aren't, aren't, drugs. Time, these aren't the time. fun drugs. These are the stupid, like, I have depression drugs. <laughs> what do you, what, what you want? Aspirin? <laughs> like, also not a fun drug. Ibuprofen, yeah. Well, we're not going to get into that. Uh, all right, so all right I got one. Tegretol. Pokemon or drug? Drug. It's a drug. Yeah. You can't. I know every Pokemon. You can't. Oh, I, was, I, was, I thought you were going to say I know every drug. Plus. Oh, there's way more than that. There's like 800 now. Yeah, there's thousands. I, there was like, right, I stopped watching them when there was 500. I can go through that whole list and get it 100%. <laughs> Just wow. by knowing the Pokemon. I don't know drugs. I'm not <laughs> this guy. <laughs> that, and that's how, right. you gra- that's how you graduated from, uh, from, from like school? med school. B-Ford's a Pokemon master over here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's funny. That's B-Ford how I graduated med school. Yeah. 
I just know that's not a Pokemon. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that'll do it for this episode of the Jetropod. We'll see you back here next week for a 4th of July episode. Uh, take it easy, guys.